0: plushcare.com slash weight loss
1: Hi, David Aronovich here. Every Monday this August we're looking back at some of the stories from the past year that stuck with us. Today, we're going back to Belarus.
2: This is the last dictatorship in Europe and eat must pee gone.
3: We will win. The revolution will win. Lukashenko, his days are over.
1: A year ago, the country's long ruling president, Alexander Lukashenko, was declared the winner of what many abroad and at home saw as a rigged election. Nationwide protests over this stolen mandate were violently repressed by the security forces. Belarus and Lukashenko's Iron Fist are still in the headlines.
4: A Belarusian activist has been found dead in neighbouring Ukraine a day after he was reported missing.
0: There's been a chorus of condemnation across Europe tonight after a Ryanair plane was diverted to Minsk in Belarus and a dissident Belarusian journalist on board was detained. An unexpected end to this Belarusian sprinter's Olympic run. Kristina Timanovskaya.
1: Just last week, a sprinter from Belarus who refused her team's order to fly home early from the Olympics after criticising her coaches, was granted a humanitarian visa by Poland to which she has fled.
2: I did not betray my homeland. I love it so much. I hope that one day I will return to my free Belarus.
1: Luka is still in charge. His regime is still in power, but we'll have a look back at the heady days of last summer filled with hope and optimism.
0: You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Manveen Rana. Today, the fight for democracy on the streets of Belarus. President Lukashenko, an ally of Russia, is often called Europe's last dictator.
3: Alexander Lukashenko has been re-elected president of Belarus. According
0: to preliminary Lukashenko reports, he claimed to have won his sixth term.
3: With over 80% of the votes. This is
1: a landslide victory for Alexander Lukashenko. Does anyone in Belarus believe the result? There hasn't been a free vote since he came into power uh, 26 years ago.
3: Lukashenko has served as president of Belarus since the establishment of the office... In July of 1994,
0: he did away with term limits in 2004, keeping much of the economy in state hands and using censorship and police crackdowns against his opponents. The country's secret police retains its Soviet moniker, the KGB. These are the Belarusians seeking change. This election, was supposed to be different.
4: And on Thursday, they were out in the streets once again to show support for presidential candidate Svetlana Tichonovskaya.
0: Svetlana Tichonovskaya, a political novice, a teacher and former housewife, was running against him. She'd stepped into the race when her husband was arrested and barred from running. She gathered momentum and had incredible popular support.
2: I became like a symbol of freedom. I understand that I'm not a leader. I can't lead all my people behind me because uh, I'm more frightened than anybody else among them. But I
0: just can't give up. After the elections, she fled abroad, evidently fearing for the safety of her family. In the weeks that followed, thousands were arrested, many were beaten. We've been following four young Belarusians as they watch their country change forever.
5: Actually, it was a nice day, the 9th of August, which was the election day. It was fantastic to see people voting. When we were coming back home, my mom proposed to drink even a bottle of champagne. We started celebrating the new president in the country, which is
0: Alexandra Yushkevich. she goes by Sasha, is a chemistry student in her last year of university in Minsk, the capital. She went back home to Kobryn, a small town in western Belarus, to cast her ballot on election day.
5: Unfortunately, at the end of the day, we ran out of the internet. The internet connection was blocked in the whole country. We couldn't get any information from anywhere. I even turned on the TV for the first time, maybe in the last five years, to look for an independent TV channel
0: just to follow the news. Meanwhile, in central Poland, Ksenia Tarasowicz, a Belarusian journalist for Belsat TV, was desperately trying to make contact with her friends on the ground. So it's,
3: it's 8 p.m., The voting is over and internet is working really poorly. I can understand that because of the messages of my friends. We're trying to be in contact, but they always keep on texting that shit, shit, internet doesn't work. Can you try this VPN? Shit, it doesn't work anymore. Another VPN, another proxy, they're sharing the links. Then the protests were starting... I was thinking that they're going to be like special forces, they're going to beat us, but we are going to be numerous. They're going to be like lots of us, so
0: they can't beat easily 100,000 of people. Yeah In Minsk, the protests were massive, and the streets full of riot police. But even in Sleepy Cobrin, Sasha noticed that things were starting to escalate. I could hear
5: the voices of people outside. I've never seen so many people come into the square. The atmosphere was incredible. When we came to the square, the military men came out. There were maybe 35 people with shields. I was
3: nervous about my friends. Around the midnight, there were first messages about the rubber bullets, tears appeared in my eyes because I've never think that things like this could happen in my country, in my motherland. But even more people came
5: to the square. When they came, after three minutes of standing on the square, they applied the bullets and uh, they applied the grenades. That was my very first time in my life to hear the explosion of grenades in real life. I could hear it really, really loudly. The whole town could hear it loudly. It was really scary, and uh, no one could, uh, could understand why we deserved it.
0: The sound of grenades and rubber bullets was heard around the country the night after the election. And in Poland, Ksenia hardly slept. Some 3,000 demonstrators were arrested. And though Ksenia wasn't physically in Belarus, she was sifting through thousands of messages, videos and telegram channels, clips of police violence and demonstrators showing their wounds. 10th of August, Monday,
3: so it's 8 a.m., and i finally home at my place. I hugged my boyfriend. He hugged me back. I got a message from a friend. He took part in the in protest in his hometown. He said that people were not afraid even when police were shooting gas into their faces. It sounds inspiring, you know. But he super weird coincidence, it's my birthday. I keep
0: all my shit together and trying to be strong. Those first couple of days after the election were chaotic, scary, and violent. Riot police patrolled the streets. Protesters went missing and weren't heard from for days. The internet didn't work. Cell phone service was disrupted. And in Grodno, a city in Western Belarus, Evgeny Ganschitz, a 27 year old project manager, was feeling uneasy.
4: Today is August 12th, a third day after the elections. I was passing by one of the streets near which I grew up, and the thought caught my mind that never before was I afraid to walk out of my house, to pass by the street. But right now, I was walking uh, through the corner, and I had to look left and right to make sure that there are no police and nothing dangerous is happening. And I also see that other people are doing something similar. So that really caught my attention that you are now afraid to pass through the streets that you are so familiar with that you would never have thought that anything like this may have happened.
2: Hi,
0: my name is Tanya. I'm 30 and now I am in Vitebsk, Belarus. That's Tatiana or Tanya, Alipchikova, a PR manager and journalist. On August 12th, she was in Vitebsk, in northeastern Belarus, visiting her husband, And right now
2: I'm planning to go on a peaceful protest, but I don't know if I'm back home tonight or not. Our authorities try to frighten us. They kill Protestants. There are around 5,000 people arrested all over the country during these days. This is the last dictatorship in Europe and it must pee. We cannot live like this anymore. It's not a life. It's something like hell. If The hell exists, I guess. I hope I'm back and I will record something else, something more informative. Hi,
5: that's me, Sasha. Today is August the 13th. It feels so different today. Let's call it a flower revolution. Because now, if you go to any street in any Belarusian city or town, you will definitely face a woman holding flowers. Yes, now we have women fighting against police brutality. If you go out to the streets in any Belarusian town and city, you will feel love. It's incredible atmosphere. I've never felt it before and I just don't understand why one day I feel really bad and I feel really scared and next day I feel so proud of the country where I live. I feel so proud of the people who surround me as I've never been before. I don't know. I I really hope... I really hope it works. And I have a feeling inside.
0: And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. On August the 14th, the authorities released around 2,000 people there were claims of torture. Ksenia was talking to some of those who had just been released.
3: Saturday, the 15th of August, I talked to a girl. She was detained and kept in detention centre, like, for five days. I never thought that that things like this could be possible in a country where there is no war, that tortures would be so close to me in my life. She told me things like that she wasn't fed in four days, that she was kept in a cell, which is for like four people, there were 36. They should sit like in some, they they sat in lines. They have no water, they have no food. They were sometimes beating up. Now I think of myself as kind of a recorder I'm not a journalist. I'm I'm just a person who's going to record
0: and save for the history. The situation varied across the country. While authorities in Minsk were cracking down, in Grodno, things weren't looking so bad. The police and local authorities seemed willing to cooperate with demonstrators. This is Evgeny on August the 15th.
4: Yesterday we had uh, the biggest protests ever so far happening in the city. About 30,000 people gathered on the main square where the Lenin statue is based. The largest employers of the town, the huge construction plants and the chemical plants. The employees from them came with a very big flag, a white, white-red-white flag. About 100 meters long, I think. So I don't know how they managed to sue it but it looked really grand and they stood on the square just next to Lenin who was the leader of the communist revolution. It was so motivating, you know, when the huge crowd was coming from these plants and people were applauding and, you know, cheering them on.
0: 16th of August, Sunday. A week on from the election. There was huge,
3: huge, huge rallies.
0: Eight straight days of protests,
2: and the streets of Minsk are filled with people once again.
0: Tens of thousands of people gathered in Minsk and other cities in the largest ever demonstrations in the country. I'm really proud. Earlier that day, Lukashenko had dismissed calls for a new election and compared those who opposed him to rats. But the opposition was undeterred. And now I feel
3: like the end is really near. Although I wasn't there, but I can feel it even through the pictures. Everyone is there. Mokoshanka holds power illegally, So all he needs to do is just
0: run away. Towards the end of that first week, police violence had subsided.
4: Grodno gathered, I think, around 30,000 people. People went from the main square, where uh, in walking distance, straight through the roads, right to the Lenin statue. People passing uh, blocked the cars, blocked the public transport. Every one of them were clapping, showing the victory sign. Then also we all sang as a crowd to Viktor Tsoi, who's um, quite famous. Russian uh, singer. So we sang to his uh, song about the change which is basically an unofficial anthem right now uh, for all things happening. This protest seemed to have gathered lots of employees of state-owned enterprises which formed the core of previously Lukashenko's base. Now I think what we saw is that all of them are going for strike.
0: By August the 17th The opposition had called for a general strike across the country. Tanya returned home. Hi, first of all, I would like to say thanks to everyone who has been
2: supporting our nation, but we haven't completed our mission. We are tired and we are fighting against it. And it's incredible how many people work in the streets I have never seen this amount of people at the same place. Never ever in my life. 300,000 people or even more. And it's amazing. It looks like a holiday. We are all so kind to each other. We smile. Now I have the feeling that we will win. Because love always wins. And now Belarus is full of
4: love. Hey hey, Yevgeny here. It's August 17th. Since yesterday, the biggest plants in Belarus, the Minsk vehicle tractor plant and others in other cities joined the nationwide strike.
1: нужен был повод для того, чтобы вы кричали, уходи. Хороший повод.
4: The biggest event of yesterday was Lukashenko's visit to the uh, tractor plant, the one which started striking yesterday, because that's the biggest and one of the most important state-owned enterprises. So he went to calm people down and tell them that if you strike, you won't have anything to eat, and that... International producers will take the, your space in our market, which will bring our economy to
1: ruins. So
4: his speech was led with uh, whistles from the crowd and with the shouts, go away, go away.
1: Uh, Lukashenko
4: didn't take it well. He said that we had our elections, and the result is clear. And if you want me gone, you'll have to kill me. Later, the entire country started saying that, well, we won't kill you physically, we will kill you economically and financially by our strike. He's starting to lose it, slowly. Because his responses were very abrupt and in this regard, and he finished his speech by saying that now I'm done, I'm leaving, and you can start shouting, go away, go away.
1: Sunday, 23rd of
3: August. It's a big rally in Minsk today. I'm trying not to be too much online my telegram is kind of booming i've got hundreds of messages at the same time this is crazy i'll just unsubscribe of all those channels and go back to my normal conversation with friends
5: tens of thousands of protesters and belarus have taken to the streets of minsk and other cities for a second sunday in a row Lukashenko, who has ruled Belarus for 26 years, ordered the army to mobilize, saying the country was at risk of imminent attack.
3: It seems that rally was like super big. 200,000 people only in Minsk. It's like a 10% of the whole population of the city. So I guess we are into the middle of something, but now I'm more than sure that we will win. The revolution will win.
4: Putting on a show of force, Belarus President Alexander Lukashenko told his military commanders to use the toughest measures possible to protect the country. He claims enemies are at the border.
3: Lukashenko, his days are over.
0: Now I'm 100% sure. The next day, Monday, Tanya wasn't so sure. It has been
2: two weeks. After the elections, I'm so angry.
1: In the Belarusian capital, Minsk, police again arrested dozens of anti-government protesters. A number of journalists were also held...
2: And I'm also so tired, but I'm trying not to tell any of my friends about it, because I don't want to demotivate anyone, because this is not the end. And I'm, I'm not sure if the end is really near, because this person... He doesn't want to leave.
1: Russia's president, Vladimir Putin, says he set up a police unit to support the embattled Belarusian leader, Alexander Lukashenko. He said the force would only be used if the situation, quote, got out of control.
2: You know, he has been saying that he loves his country, that he loves his nation, but I don't see it, he hates us. Sometimes we feel like, yeah, we're winning, wow, so much happiness, and then When this amazing government makes another stupid statement, we are like, oh my God, and it's depressing. And sometimes it feels like there is no hope, but the other day I was like, no way, we will not let him do it again.
3: You no, in fairy tales the kindness and justice always win, so as this fairy tale came true for Belarus this year,
0: Alexander Lukashenko refused to let go of power. Europe called for the elections to be rerun and stopped recognising Lukashenko as the president of Belarus. Svetlana Tikhanovskaya, for her own safety, was forced into exile.
1: Meanwhile, US President Joe Biden has met with the Belarusian opposition leader, Svetlana Tikhanovskaya. Biden said that the United States stands with the people of Belarus.
2: This is a very significant message to the whole world, that the greatest country in the world is with us.
0: Svetlana Tikhanovskaya leaving the Foreign Office for a meeting with the Prime Minister in Number 10. Piling more pressure on to President Lukashenko's regime, a leader that has forced her into exile, jailed her husband, has had an athlete seeking international help after she didn't want to run a race.
1: We are uh, very much on your side, very much supportive of what you're doing.
2: Even if you're in exile, continue to fight.
0: You've been listening to Stories of Our Times with me, Manveen Rana, and our contributors, Alexandra Yushkovich, Ksenia Tarasevich, Evgeny Ganschitz and Tatiana Elipchikova. The producer was Asia Fuchs, with production help from Edward Drummond and the executive producer is Poppy Damon. Sound design was by Falcon Kisseltuk. See you tomorrow.